Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate Thurston, and guess what? I am by myself today. I hate it when this happens, but this is going to be the case over the next couple weeks. I think Charlie will be here for Don't Bleep of the Week tomorrow, and then he's jetting off to Italy uh, to officially be on the ground for their green card protest or whatever it is they're doing. Actually, he's he's uh, going there to get married. But I think legally, it's going to be a business expense, I'm pretty sure. So this is the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. If this is your first time listening, well, this is going to be a very different show because normally it is myself and Charlie going back and forth. We've been friends for 17 years and we normally have a pretty good time going back and forth. I will also mention my voice is still a little bit rough right now. Uh, if this is your first time listening and you haven't heard me talk about the fact that I just got over COVID for a little bit, I've still been dealing with a little bit of symptoms from that. And one of the main symptoms with my voice has been the fact that I didn't talk for the last two weeks. And now I just, I don't know, it doesn't work anymore. With all of that in mind, we're going to get going through some talk about the COVIDs today, the CDC, uh, mandating vaccination for troops. We talked a lot about uh, whether or not private businesses should be able to mandate vaccination for their customers or for their workers yesterday. Uh, today, I'll talk a little bit about mandating vaccines for people who are in the military. And uh, unfortunately, once you sign your life away to the government, they're going to be able to do things like this. Uh, so we'll talk about that. A little bit of controversy involving Rand Paul and his wife who bought stock in Gilead Sciences, and they did not report it until like 16 months past the deadline, and everyone's very upset. The Blue and On conspiracy theorists are out there spouting some of the craziest stuff about about Rand and and why they bought stock in Gilead, and this shows all the reasons why he's been against the vaccines and the masks because he was trying to make money off of Gilead Sciences instead. It's just ridiculous. Uh, another story that's in the stack today. There's a lot in here. I didn't plan on doing this by myself. So uh, another story that's in the stack today. Uh, NASA's having a hard time making spacesuits. They've actually been working on them for, I think the thing I saw was uh, 14 years or so. Uh, they're trying to come up with spacesuits to go uh, to the moon so they, can, so they can do their moon landing and their moonwalk. And um, they just can't seem to do it. They're going to end up spending a billion dollars and the suits are not even going to be ready by the 2024 deadline, which has already been a deadline that's been pushed back. And now the suits still aren't going to be ready by 2024. And Elon Musk is offering to go ahead and make the suits for him because obviously SpaceX would be able to do that. So I thought that that was an interesting conversation. And then we get a good article in here from CNN about how inflation has wiped out America's pay raises. So let's get into some of this. I don't know if I'm actually going to do all of it since I'm by myself today. I don't know that my voice could actually handle doing that. So the first thing we're going to talk about here. Now, this is really just interesting and a little bit scary that this is how the CDC is doing some of their guidance or some of their conversations about how dangerous this new Delta variant is. This is an article from Reason.com written by Elizabeth Nolan Brown. I will put a link to this article in the show notes and we'll discuss some of the stuff that's in this. The CDC took mistaken data on the Delta variant transmissibility from a New York Times infographic. That is where they got their information 
which they then said, here is how transmissible the Delta variant is. We saw this infographic on the New York Times. All right, so the CDC claimed the Delta variant of COVID-19 is as transmissible as chickenpox. Unfortunately for the CDC, that's not true, by the way. Chickenpox is one of the most contagious diseases that we know of. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember having chickenpox parties. You just need to be in the same room as someone who has chickenpox and you're going to get it. So you just hang out for a minute, okay? Uh, here's a quote here. If one person has it, up to 90% of the people close to that person who are not immune will also become infected, states the CDC's website. So <clears throat> this is what they're saying is that uh, the Delta variant is as transmissible as the chickenpox. And so from the CDC's website, if one person has it, 90% of the people that are going to be around that person who are not immunized from the chickenpox are going to get it. Now, when you talk about that with the coronavirus, you're scaring the, you're scaring the hell out of people. Okay. Is that what they're meaning to do? Or it was just as uh, an honest mistake. I'm not really sure. Uh, one person infected with the chickenpox will infect an average of 10 people when everyone in the population is vulnerable to catch it. The initial COVID-19 strain, that's OG COVID, had an R0, and that's how many people you're going to affect between two and three. The Delta variant has an R0 between six and seven. And for chickenpox, it's nine to 10. That means that the CDC was overstating the contagiousness of the Delta variant by at least 50%. They were saying it was 50% more than what it actually was. All right, that that's not the case. It's, it's just not the case at all. All right, so how did they get this? They got this from a New York Times infographic, which was not completely accurate. They also underestimated the R0 for chickenpox when they talked about it, and they overestimated the R0 for the Delta variant, which is where they got the information from the New York Times. Okay, this is the federal agency that is charged with disseminating the COVID-19 data and setting public health policy, and they're taking cues from a newspaper. Just, a, I hope they were right. I really hope they were right, okay? So, <clears throat> now we talk about the COVID vaccines to be required for the military. Now, here's the deal. When you sign that dotted line, I'm sorry to tell you, your, your body belongs to the state. You have signed over ownership of yourself to the government, okay? Now, do I think that they should be doing this. No, there's no choice here, but the problem is he did sign a dotted line saying that they could do this. All right, there are obviously bad things that could happen from this, but you know, <clears throat> I don't think that the I don't think that the vaccine is dangerous, by the way. I haven't been vaccinated, but it's not because I think the vaccine's dangerous. It's because I'm a stubborn SOB and there's too many people telling me that I need to get the vaccine right now, and with every person that tells me I need to get it, the that is the less likelihood of me actually getting it. If people would just leave me alone about it, then I might actually get it. But whenever I think that everyone's trying to force me to go do something, I don't like that. I'm just not a fan of that. Does that make logical sense? No, it doesn't make logical sense that that's the case. All right. But I'll admit that. I'll admit that that's not making logical sense. So from AP News, COVID vaccines will be required for military under the new U.S. plan. Members of the U.S. military will be required to get the COVID-19 vaccine beginning next month under a plan laid out by the Pentagon Monday and endorsed by President Joe Biden. In memos distributed to all troops, top Pentagon leaders said the vaccine is a necessary step to maintain military readiness. And they're having this big issue right now. Our, our military is just not, we had to pull out of Afghanistan because of all the troops having COVID. We just didn't have a, 
any way that we can maintain military readiness, or if we are so susceptible to an invasion right now, or to all of the crazy domestic terrorists, if we don't make sure that everyone gets vaccinated. <clears throat> now, that would make you think, there must have been a lot of troops that have died from COVID, right? That's 24. That's 24 troops, 24 members of the military have died from COVID. I think that data is from about a month ago, so I don't know. Let's make it 30. Who knows? We'll make it 30. That's out of 170,000 cases, which is a mortality rate of 0.01%. Not 1%. It's not 0.01 on your calculator. That is 0.0001. That's a one one hundredth of a percent is the mortality rate. Okay. <clears throat> so does this make sense that they are doing this? Does it actually make sense? Of the, no, it, it doesn't. I don't like the fact that it's forced, although you did sign a line saying that you're okay with the government forcing you to do things. Listen, y'all, when it comes to the rights of the military, uh, the government can literally send them to die somewhere for oil or for some completely made-up cause, and then, and they're not going to get any, in any trouble for it. All right, so forcing them to take a vaccine, that's something they've always been doing. They take tons of vaccines. Heck, guess what? I, I'm going to say this now that Charlie's not here. You know, he got his travel vaccine so he could go to Italy. I had to get four or five vaccinations uh, so I could go overseas when we were doing our armed forces entertainment tours. Uh, I don't remember what all of them were, but I remember going up to Fort Campbell and going over to the medical office there. And I think I got two shots at the same time. Man, it's like having a million dollars. What are we going to do with a million dollars, man? I'm going to get two shots at the same time. That's what I'm going to do, man. Ah, the heck, uh, I feel like I could pull that off if I had a million dollars. Real quick, I'm going to tell you guys about our sponsor, Ground News. If you are like us and very frustrated with the media, with the news that you're seeing on a daily basis, uh, then you need to check out Ground News for sure. One of the reasons we started this podcast is to, well, we pick apart the news a lot. We try to tell you where all the bias is and where all the manipulation is. This app, Ground News, this website, Ground News, they're trying to do the same thing. And man, is it really cool. They take these articles and they show you how much coverage is getting from the left, how much coverage is getting from the right, what the bias is on the article, what the blind spot is, uh, blind spots on articles where they're not getting covered very much uh, by the left or the right. There's a lot of really cool things that they are doing. Unlike social media and other news apps, by the way, Ground News doesn't use your browsing history to manipulate your news feed. Their blind spot feature shows you stories that are underreported by both the left and the right. If you are the kind of person who's open to seeing multiple perspectives on controversial issues, then Ground News is for you. Check out Ground News by visiting ground.news slash GML or click the link in the description to download the free app. Listen, y'all, if you're going to check it out, you got to use our link. That way they know that you went there because you heard our advertisement on the show. That way we can continue getting great ads from great companies like Ground News. Okay, so go to ground.news slash GML or go to the show notes and click on the link. Do it. I can tell there's going to be quite a few edits in this because my voice is not ready for just talking and talking and never taking a break. It's uh, it's not there yet, but I got to get ready because I got some interviews to do next week and the week after that while Charlie's gone, and this has got to happen. Just got to push through, just got to push through and just keep going. So Rand Paul, Senator slash Dr. Rand Paul, this is from CNN here. I saw this trending last night on Twitter, and listen, I'll admit, I think I've got some 
bias towards uh, thinking that Rand Paul tries to do the right thing most of the time. And so I will just say that right there outright. Uh, I've got some bias in thinking that he is trying to do uh, the the right thing at all times. So when I see this, I don't see this and think, oh, look at this evil, uh, terrible corruption. I'll tell you a couple of reasons why, and it's not just because it's Rand Paul. Uh, But I'm going to throw that out there right there at the beginning. Rand Paul reveals in a late financial disclosure that his wife bought stock in the company behind Remdesivir in February 2020. That's right. They bought stock in Gilead Sciences, ticker symbol G-I-L-G. No, G-I-L-D is the ticker symbol for that. That makes way more sense. Republican Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky revealed Wednesday that his wife in February 2020 purchased up to $15,000 in stock in Gilead Sciences, the maker of the antiviral drug Remdesivir. Now, remember this says up to, okay? Remdesivir later became the first drug to be approved for treating treating COVID-19. It's like he had some insider information, okay? It later became the first drug to be approved. No one had even talked about it by, by the time that they bought it, right? Paul's filing with the Senate shows that between $1,000 and $15,000 of Gilead, Gilead stock was purchased. So just somewhere between $1,000 and $15,000. News of the delayed financial disclosure drew swift backlash from government ethics experts and advocates on Wednesday. Oh, they just found out about this. It's not that Paul had actually been dealing with the Senate Ethics Committee on how to fix this filing for the last little bit. No, there's swift backlash from government ethics experts. Paul, who was the first U.S. senator, by the way, we'll contrast this with an article from the Washington Post where where they are actually a little bit more fair, but they're still getting the conspiracy theories going with this. I'm telling you what, the Blue Anons are out there. It was all over the Twitter machine last night and today. Obviously, this this was uh, an attempt by Paul to make money off of Gilead. That's why he's against everything. That's why he's against the mass and all that. I mean, the top tweets on this are going to be talking about this crazy conspiracy theory. And these two articles are going to be alluding to those crazy conspiracy theories. Paul, who is the first U.S. senator to test positive for COVID-19, has repeatedly rebuked public health guidance and has publicly challenged Dr. Anthony Fauci the nation's leading infectious disease expert on a number of occasions. Now remember, if you are backing an antiviral drug, you would want as many people as possible, uh, allegedly, if this is going to be used as something to treat people after they have the infection, uh, then you would want as many people possible to get sick. That would be the idea right there, because then you're going to make all your money off of that drug. Even though uh, Remdesivir... Gilead made $2.8 billion uh, out of their $900 billion in revenue last year. Came from Rendizavir. So uh, anyway, we'll talk a little bit more about this here in a sec. Earlier this week, Paul was suspended from YouTube for seven days over a video claiming that masks are ineffective in fighting COVID-19, according to a company spokesperson. Okay, so he's still, he wants people to get infected. He wants there to be more spread. And look, you can tell because he owns stock in a company that makes money by treating people after they've had COVID. Okay, that's what's going on right now. And from the Washington Post, they clear up a couple things, but also add to the conspiracy theory. 
Rand Paul discloses 16 months late that his wife bought stock in the company behind the COVID treatment. Senator Rand Paul revealed Wednesday his wife bought stock in Gilead Sciences, which makes an antiviral drug used to treat COVID-19. She bought it on February 26th, 2020, before the threat from the coronavirus was fully understood by the public health, by public and before it was classified as a pandemic by the World Health Organization. So obviously, what do we have going on here? We got insider knowledge. We got insider trading happening right here. Kelly, an author and a former communications consultant, lost money on the investment, by the way, which she made with her own earnings. The purchase was of between 1000 and 15000 on February 24th. Now, remember, she bought this on February 26th, and the idea is going to be that there was insider trading happening right here. On February 24th, two days before Kelly Paul's purchase, uh, the WHO Assistant Director General described remdesivir as the only known drug that may have real efficacy in treating the novel virus. The National Institutes of Health began a clinical trial the next day, on February 25th. She bought stock in Gilead on the 26th. And then we also don't know, did she actually buy the stock? Do you think, I don't know, is she managing her own portfolio? I think a, a lot of people at that level in life are, are logging on to their Thinkorswim account or their uh, their E-Trade account and managing their portfolio. Or do they happen to uh, have a portfolio manager or someone managing a retirement account uh, that added Gilead? I don't know. So here is the, oh, and they got to add in the craziness. Uh, this is what happened. Eight days after his wife invested in the company behind the antiviral drug, thought to be effective against COVID-19. Later on, they ended up releasing studies saying that it uh, actually wasn't that effective. Paul cast the lone vote in the Senate against an $8.3 billion emergency spending uh bill to combat the emerging outbreak. So they're going to be putting money towards vaccines. They're going to be putting money towards stop slowing the spread. Probably they're going to spend the money for about uh, 15 days and they were going to slow the spread. And that's what was going on. But Paul was the only senator to vote against it. And he also, his wife owns stock in Gilead Sciences, the company that made an antiviral drug, which was going to make more money if more people got the virus. Oh man, look at this conspiracy. So here's the here's the conspiracy theory. Here's the here's the idea. We figured it all out. Okay. This is here's the idea. If you're spouting this conspiracy theory out there, Kelly Paul, who is an author and the wife of a doctor and a two-term United States senator making $174,000 a year at least, living in rural Kentucky. It's going to be much cheaper. I think they live in Bowling Green, I'm pretty sure. Invested somewhere between $1,000 and $15,000 in a stock whose biggest yearly swings have been around plus or minus 40%. Following a plan for Rand Paul to do everything in his power to thwart the government's efforts to stop COVID. He was trying to make sure that as many people got it in the process, letting 600,000 people die. 30 million people get infected for this grand reward of making between $500 and $7,000 off of the Gilead stock and risking both of their careers at the same time. That That's what you think if you're throwing that idea out there, by the way. That's what you're behind right there. 
Now, here's where the question comes in. Am I just talking about this through bias? Like, uh, oh, I would really care about this if, uh, say, AOC had bought stock in Gilead. And then I would really care about it. So there's just a lot of bias going on right now, right? That's, that's what's actually happening. And here's the difference. I actually don't care if anyone buys stock in a company if they're not using their position of power to direct government funds, which have been stolen from the people without their consent, uh, towards helping those companies uh, make it further in business and therefore boosting their stock prices. And so there's an issue where you buy stock and then you use your monopoly on violence to actually push that stock up. All right. Now, is that what happened with Rand Paul right here? He was actually using his position to try and stop the government from doing all of these uh, different tyrannical COVID measures that they do not have the, they should not have the right to do. They should not have the ability to do. And so was he using his position of power to forcefully take things from the people and then direct those resources towards a company that he had bought stock in? No. First off, his wife bought the stock with her own money. And I know you're, you're married, so, uh, you know, you're one person and everything like that legally. Um, it was between a thousand and fifteen thousand uh, dollars. So, the whole idea that you're going to direct your entire COVID policy in an effort to what make five gram, ten gram, something like that. If it goes up a hundred percent, if it was a fifteen thousand dollar fifteen thousand dollar investment, then you can make fifteen thousand dollars off of that. Someone who's a doctor and a U.S. senator, you think that, that that's really it? That's, that's really what's happening? So, so no, I don't really think that that's what was happening. Uh, more than likely, I would say someone running a retirement portfolio put money towards this stock when The Who came out, not the band, but the organization came out and said that this was the only known drug that could have real efficacy in treating the virus. I I think that's what happened. Okay. So I just think there's a difference between, I don't know. Um, let's say that, let's say that, uh, your, your significant other had a bunch of stock in a, I don't know, a company called Solyndra or something like that. And then the government stole a lot of money from the people. And then they gave a bunch of money to Solyndra and and then eventually that company that that doesn't work out very well, you know, it ends up going bankrupt. Um, to me, that's a little bit different from buying stock in a company because you see that there is a virus going around and there's a company that has an antiviral drug and you're not then trying to take money from people and give it to Gilead Sciences. I think that there's a big difference here when it comes to that. Okay, Elon Musk is offering for SpaceX to make NASA spacesuits. After a watchdog says program is going to end up costing a billion dollars. A billion dollars. You know how many spacesuits they're trying to make with that? That they're going to make for the moon mission? Two. Two. It's from CNBC. Elon Musk offered SpaceX's services to help NASA makes it, make its next generation spacesuits. After a watchdog report on Tuesday said the agency's current program is behind schedule 
and will cost more than $1 billion. This is a tweet from Ma Michael Sheets uh, right here. NASA's Inspector General says delays in spacesuit development are another factor making in making the uh, 2024 astronaut moon landing impossible. Another factor, by the way. It's not just the spacesuits. It's the fact that NASA uh, just can't do anything. With $420 million spent and another $625 million expected, suits won't be ready for flight until April 2025 at the earliest. Elon Musk replied to that and said SpaceX could do it if, if need be. Just... If you guys want the spacesuits, if that if part of your goal is that you actually want the spacesuits and you don't just want to spend a billion dollars and probably still not have the spacesuits, if, if you want the suits, we'll do it. That's, that's up to you guys, okay? Must proposal came in response to a report by NASA's Inspector General, the investigative office which audits the Agency for Fraud and Mismanagement. Uh, they said astronauts on board the International Space Station, ISS, used spacesuits designed 45 years ago for the space shuttle program. The report noted, the space agency has started three different spacesuit programs since 2007 and has spent $420 million so far. They also plan to invest another $625 million on development, testing, and qualification to complete a suit for demonstration on the ISS and two suits for the crewed mission to the moon. For a total cost of over a billion dollars through 2025, if they can even get it done. They said 2025 at the earliest. In government speak, that means they also won't have it done by 2025. They said due to delays, they said that the delays are due to uh, attributable to funding shortfalls, COVID-19 impacts, and technical challenges. The spacesuits will not be ready for flight until 2025 at the earliest. Musk earlier this year called the 2024 timeline actually doable after SpaceX became one of the critical pieces of Artemis by winning a $2.9 billion contract to use its Starship rocket to deliver astronauts to the moon's surface. While SpaceX has not publicly disclosed spacesuit plans, it is one of nearly 50 companies that have expressed interest in NASA's program to purchase privately developed spacesuits and spacewalk services. So there's been 50 different companies that are out there saying, hey, uh, we can do it. We can help with this. You guys want us to do it. Guys, why do we still have NASA? Can we just officially say uh, that we'll make them, and I don't even want to do this, obviously, but can they just be a regulatory body for space, I guess? Like if you if you feel like we got to have them, if you just want to have them, we're spending, what, what was the number, $26 billion, something like that every single year? on uh, on NASA and people get mad when people like Jeff Bezos go to the moon using their own money. You know, they get really mad about that. Oh, it's totally fine. NASA taking $26 billion and they can't do uh, hardly anything with it. They put another rover on Mars. Okay. That's great. Probably take them another 30 years to make a spacesuit that would work on Mars. Okay. And they'll have to spend uh, another $80 billion to, to get that done. So why do we still have them? This is a really, really great example of how the government should not be taking your money and then allocating it towards things that they think it needs to go towards because they're really bad at it. They're very efficient at it. This is what makes me not want them uh, to have anything to do with any important things. COVID, I don't want them to have anything to do with that. Healthcare in general, I don't want them to have anything to do with that. Okay, we're talking about it. them starting uh, spacesuit programs in 2007 and they don't know if they're going to be ready by 2025. If, I, if my math is correct on that, that's 18 years and a billion dollars, and they won't even be able to make two suits for people to go to the moon that they've been working on people, uh, that they've been working on for quite some time now. All right? I don't want them to touch anything that is important at all. 
there's a good there's a good reason right there. If you're talking to some of your socialist friends, it's because they can't do anything efficiently. They make everything more expensive. They make everything take more time. And you're talking about two freaking suits right now. Two suits. Two two suits. Okay? That's that's what they're trying to do. Oh man, it gets me going when you talk about all this crazy this inefficient allocation of scarce resources that have alternative uses. It really is uh, really is a bad thing. I don't like it, okay? And when they do take your money and they decide they're going to spend it on things or they print new money or they type new money into a computer, they're also stealing money from you when they do that, by the way. It's not just uh, they get to type it into the computer and then it doesn't affect anyone whatsoever. They are still taxing you by taking away your earnings. They're taking away your spending power. This is the article from CNN. I was surprised to see it. Inflation wiped out America's pay raises. Compensation is now lower than it was in December 2019. All right. It's currently, uh, what month is it right now? Um, August of uh, 21. So compensation right now is lower than it was in December 2019. When adjusted for inflation, which is what you have to do, because if the numbers just keep going up, it doesn't mean you're actually making more money. If the price of all the things that you have to buy are going up more than the amount of money that you are making, that's you have to take inflation into account. This is according to an analysis by Jason Furman, an economics professor at Harvard. The employment cost index, which measures wages and salaries, along with health, retirement and other benefits, fell in the last quarter, and is 2% below its pre-pandemic trend when taking inflation into account. Quote, the hot economy is heating prices more than it's heating wages, said Furman. Not counting inflation, compensation rose 2.8% between March and June. Job openings are at record high levels, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. But at the same time, prices are soaring. Gas costs more, food is more expensive, car prices are at record levels. All right, so... These businesses, by the way, they said that the the job openings are at record high levels and businesses are going to continue trying to wait, raise wages uh, to the point that the workers are still profitable because there will be no reason to pay a worker more than what they can make you per hour plus all of the other costs that are associated with having someone under your employee. So when you have these record high levels, you have more people bidding for these jobs. But the problem is, the problem is, even though they're offering them more money, if prices are going up more than the amount that they are being offered for the things that people have to buy on a daily basis, like all your gas, all your travel stuff, your food, your cars, your your house, you know, your your actual shelter that you have to have, if all that's going up more than what your wages are going up, then guess what? You didn't actually make more money, Okay. You, might, you made more money, but you never actually have more buying power. Your living condition never actually improved. The consumer price index rose 0.9% in June and 5.4% over the last 12 months, the largest jumps for each since the since mid-2008. A um, couple things here. Employees of the utility industry saw their real compensation slide 1%. Uh, since December in 2019, education and health services, real compensation compensation slid 0.8%. Manufacturing fell 0.7%. And transportation and warehousing, real compensation slipped 0.6%. So even though people think that they're making more money, they are actually not making more money. And this 
is one of the dirtiest tricks that the government continues to pull, which is uh, inflation is a hidden tax. It's a tax that disproportionately affects people who can afford it the least, by the way. And the, uh, there's a lot of other taxes that are that are like that. I mean, I, when you say disproportionately, taxes disproportionately affecting people, by the way, uh, the argument for a consumption tax you would say that that disproportionately affects people who can least afford it because they would end up paying a larger percentage of their income in taxes than uh, people who were uh, richer. That's normally the argument about that. Uh, this is a dirty one, though, because you're dealing with a lot of people who are making minimum wage, lower wage jobs, and there's only so much they're going to be able to get paid. Uh, but the expenses, when it comes to housing, when it comes to your your apartments, actually... Uh, actually buying houses, which have been going crazy, food prices themselves, things that you really have to have, uh, like the ability to travel, uh, the ability to eat food, and the ability to have shelter, have been getting more and more expensive. And, and the government just keeps printing more money and deciding that they're going to continue throwing it into the economy. And then we just continue to have inflation but people who don't pay attention to this, what they think is, oh, look, my wages have gone up. Isn't that so great? My wages are, are going up right here. Uh, for some reason, I still can't afford anything. But hey, look, I'm getting paid more money. That's pretty good. Inflation is a hidden tax, okay? It is the same thing as raising taxes on people. Only the thing is, a lot of times, those taxes are affecting people who don't understand the fact that those taxes are affecting them. Maybe that's me to say, but uh, it's actually what's happening. Okay. I want to thank you guys very much for listening today. I don't really like doing shows by myself because then I have to continue talking and try to make sense out of something for a continued period of time. And that is not really my thing. Uh, it, it just isn't. I like going back and forth with Charlie, but he is going to be in Italy for a couple weeks now. I got some interviews lined up. Other than that, I want to be coming on here doing some episodes. All right. So you'll just, you'll have to get over it. Okay. So, so do that. Just, uh, just get over it and tell a friend, tell a family member, tell an enemy, tell someone that they need to listen to the Good Morning Liberty podcast, which has got brand new episodes every day of the week when we want to. All right. That's a very important thing at the very end of that. So you want to make sure you tell them to subscribe. Everyone listening, make sure you go to YouTube, go to TikTok. But all that, we're releasing a lot of stuff on TikTok, a lot of stuff coming out on YouTube all the time. Make sure you subscribe on those things. We're actually like a thousand followers away from being the biggest libertarian uh, TikTok, which is which is pretty cool. So make sure that you go follow over there and uh, and subscribe on YouTube because there's videos coming out all the time. And if you are interested in joining the live group when we normally do stuff live, when everything back in the olden days, when things were normal, I then you can go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty and join for as little as five bucks a month and you can hang out live with us when we want to. All right, if you do all of those things and I mother freaking mean all of it, okay, then we will be right back here tomorrow. Until then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.